This is the Action Network Podcast. But this one is good. All right, here we go. From the 10th, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What's up, everybody? And welcome to the Action Network podcast. This is one of our most popular podcast episodes of the year. The Action Network's fourth annual Super Bowl, Propapalooza. I am your host, Chris Raybon, and I am joined by my guy, Sean Kerner. And for anyone that doesn't know Sean, he's the co-host. Uh, with me over at the Fantasy Flex podcast. Uh, he's Action Network's director of predictive analytics, and he's been Fantasy Pro's number one ranked NFL expert three times, one of the sharpest NFL player projectionists in the industry. So, Sean, uh, glad for you to uh, join me on here on this other channel. Absolutely. And, you know, the Prop of Palooza episode is always my favorite. I mean, we have two weeks to analyze one game. And this is the only game all season where we get punter props. So, you know, just my favorite time of yes. year. Can't wait to dive in on this. So uh, for everyone out there listening, we will do our normal six pack with our favorite props. Uh, and then we're going to do a massive best of the rest where we just talk about all different kind of props. Um, we can talk about coin tosses. We can talk about yardage props, attempts, you know, special teams. Sean mentioned the punters. Uh, we'll talk national anthem, first half, second half, MVP, uh, first touchdown, all that good stuff here on the Action Network Propapalooza. All right, let's kick off the Super Bowl Propapalooza Sunday six-pack. Sean, where are you going with your first selection? So for my first pick for the Super Bowl Propapalooza, I am going with Cooper Cup, longest reception, over 28 and a half yards. Um, and I was a bit surprised I was able to find value on a Cooper Cup over. Uh, you, you figure books are anticipating and getting most of the handle on Cooper Cup's overs. However, there is, you know, quite a bit of value on this prop specifically to the over. Um, and, you know, I simulate the Super Bowl 10,000 times and I pull my projections from that. And heading into this, I'm actually projecting Cooper Cup a little bit less than the market um, in terms of receptions. So I'm projecting him for 8.0 receptions where the market looks like it's around 8.3, 8.4. So I just want to be out front. Like I'm, I'm projecting him a little bit lower and I'm still getting his median closer to 33 and a half here, um, which is a pretty big edge in a market like this. So I'm projecting this to hit, you know, around 63% of the time at this number. Um, and when it comes to Cooper Cup specifically, you don't really think of him as a deep threat necessarily. Um, his A dots lower around the 8.4 range, uh, but he's phenomenal after catch. 6.4 yards after the catch on average. So he can rack up yards after the catch. Plus he's going to see a ton of volume. So he'll likely have around eight chances to clear this number. Um, so that's why there's a ton of value on this over. Um, and on the season in 20 games, he's cleared this in 15 of them. So that's a 75% hit rate. And, you know, his median's 36 on the air. So my math sort of checks out here. Love the value we're getting here. And I'd, I'd probably bet this up to 30 and a half. Yeah, that's great value. I can't believe he's hit that in 15 out of 20 and they're posting it so low 
I mean, this guy's just, he's going to be open like every yep. play. There's nothing Cincinnati's really going <laughs> to be able to do. I don't think, you know, even dropping eight in the coverage, which is what they did against Kansas City. Uh, Stafford, if he, he's going to still let it rip down the field, the cup. And like, if there were eight men in coverage, the most likely person to get open down the field would still be Cooper Cup. Yeah. Uh, so I do like that one. For my first pick in the second overall of the Super Bowl Propapalooza six pack, I am going with the winner of the coin toss to defer to the second half at minus 500. I don't know what your Cooper Cup edge was, but this is a crazy <laughs> edge because the odds imply about an 83% chance of the winner of the coin toss deferring. Well, I went back and looked at Cincinnati and the Rams. Cincinnati won the toss 11 times, deferred all 11. The Rams won 10 times, deferred all 10 times. And their opponents all deferred every time, except once the New York Jets took the opening kickoff against Cincinnati. So out of 40 possible chances, 39 ended with deferring for these two teams. The odds imply only 83% chance. I think this is closer to a 99.5 at least uh, percent chance here. So I would hit this while you can. And I know a lot of people listening to the show, uh, I know you're going you're gonna to parlay. I, I know that's what you're going to do with these props. So uh, this is a great parlay uh, bet here to kind of start you off here. Pretty much a sure thing at minus 500 uh, when I think the odds should be to any juice, to, to put it that way. They, they should, you should bet this up to any juice. So uh, that is my favorite Super Bowl prop uh, this far. I can't believe they posted it at minus 500. I, I love these props. It doesn't matter what the juice is. So this is essentially like, uh, would you bet that the sun's going to rise tomorrow at minus 500? Of course you would. So um, I, I'm convinced. Uh, I, I don't mind laying down on, you know, props like this where it's, it's a, a surefire hit. So I, I think I'm going to join you on this one. Oh, yeah, this is a max bet. It's just like <laughs> if you're if you're you plan to put this in a parlay and it, that is going to depend on which other bets are allowed and, and things like that. But just make sure you don't use up all your max bet if you're going to do yeah. it that way. <laughs> but like either way, I mean, it's worth, it's, you know, it's worth getting a couple of dollars out of it. You know, why not? Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, kind of mix it in with parlays. Good way yeah. to kind of like bump that up. So yeah, like definitely use this to your advantage. All right. Uh, we're going with your second and the third overall pick. So for my second pick for the Super Bowl prop of Palooza six pack is a punter prop. And it's Kevin Huber. He's the punter for the Bengals for his longest punt to be over 52 and a half yards. So again, I crunched numbers on this. I ran my simulations um, and I'm giving a median closer to 55 and a half on this. Um, so again, this, there's quite a bit of value here. Um, I have him clearing this 62% of the time. Um, and looking at his game log this season, the math checks out. Uh, he's cleared this number in 13 of 20 games. That's a 65% hit rate. Um, and yeah, his median is closer to 54 and a half. And I, I think that the fact that this game's being played in SoFi, we have sort of a domed environment. Um, I don't think there's any fishy, anything fishy going on here. So I love taking Huber over 52 and a half for his longest punt uh, for the Super Bowl. This is exactly why we have you on the show. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I didn't even make any punter projections, or at least not yet. Uh, you uh, might have inspired me, but no, this is, this is great. And uh, I, I know you, you hit, you've hit like a punter prop every single Super Bowl. <laughs> it's like all you talk yeah. about. <laughs> there's usually one that like there's a pretty big edge. Um, last year, I even forgot the punter's name, uh, the punter for the, Buccaneers, I think I had the under. Pinion? Pinion, yeah, and he didn't even come close. 
So these are fun. This one, uh, how I think this one is going to be pretty close. I think he ends with like a 55 or 56 yard punt. Um, so every yard in this market matters. Uh, that's why I want to be clear. I'd probably bet this up to 53 and a half. I wouldn't go past that. Uh, but anything in the 52 to 53 and a half range, there's just too much value on the over. You know what else is interesting about this one? And, uh, you know, I know this is a prop episode, so we won't go into our high level uh, discussion of the game. Uh, mm-hmm. Stuck and I will be back uh, to do that at the normal time. But I will say this. The Bengals have lost by more than three twice all year in Joe Burrow's start. And they're four, four and a half point underdogs. So you may also get more punts than you usually would, which obviously just means more opportunities uh, for Uber. Wait, wait, is that how you pronounce it? Uber? How did you pronounce it? Huber? Huber? <laughs> I, I mean, one of those three's got to be right. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll find out when he punts it for 55 yards on his first punt. Then we'll find out how you actually pronounce it. It reminds me of the, oh man, <laughs> with the, the family guy Stewie thing, the, the while when he's like, what the, what? but uh, yeah, I don't know. Uber, Uber, whatever. Over 52 and a half is the important information to take out of that. For my second pick in the fourth overall of the Super Bowl, Propapalooza six pack, I am going with Samaje Pirine under 15 and a half rushing and receiving yards. And I love this because you get to take advantage of recency bias here. So Pirine, so Pirine not only scored the Bengals' first touchdown in the AFC Championship game and gave them a pretty big jolt, but uh, he caught up. It was a 41-yard screen pass that looked like it was going to go for a few yards, but not many. And then he just broke it loose. And now we're getting 15 and a half, where uh, the last five games, he was under that number in all five. His snap rate has actually been ticking down. So I have his mean projected at 13 total yards, which means his median is going to be uh, a little lower. But let's do the math on this. Piran averages about four yards per carry for his career uh, and seven yards per catch, right? Mm-hmm. So that means no matter how you slice it, he's going to need three touches to get over this, whether it's you know two catches and a carry, uh, two carries and a catch, whatever. Uh, you know, If he gets just three carries, then he, he would still be short. So he needs at least three. Uh, maybe even four to go over this. Well, he's had two or less touch opportunities. So that includes incomplete targets in two of the three postseason games. The only game where he had, uh, you know, three or more touches was that last game against the Chiefs. Uh, he's only had more than one touch once in that last game against the Chiefs in the postseason. And yes, he got the touchdown, but he also ran a bad uh, route in that game as well, where they would have had a good play set up and he ran like the wrong way and Burrow kind of like chewed him out. So this is the Super Bowl. I think you see Joe Mixon on the field as much as possible. And Chris Evans has actually had just as many carries as P Ryan in the postseason. And Evans has been explosive on kickoff returns. So it's no guarantee that P Ryan gets even one carry. And after last week, I know he got the touchdown, but that's like a very designed play. Uh, I think they kind of used up the design P Ryan long green passes in the AFC championship game. So uh, I'm going to bet under 15 and a half uh, for P Ryan here, which is essentially uh, I'm betting he gets uh, under three touches. Yeah. I like this one a lot. And um, you know, there's a chance he just doesn't see a rush attempt. Yeah. Um, the past two games, he has zero rush attempts. Chris Evans actually has one more carry than him in the playoffs with two. Um, so this is essentially <laughs> 
his receiving yard prop. Um, and the market for him is right, right around one and a half catches, which is in line with my projection. So, I mean, I have the median for this closer to like eight and a half. And we're, when you're dealing with yardages this low, um, you know, getting seven yards of value is massive. Um, and he hasn't cleared 15 and a half total yards since week 15. So um, it, it's hard. Aside from last week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Aside from last week. So it's, <laughs> it's really hard. To, yeah, exactly. Recency bias. He got that one long touchdown. It, it's really hard to see them sort of game planning to get Samaje Piran touches. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on this one. This, this one has to be over a 60% chance of hitting on the under. All right. Uh, we're going with your third pick. So for my third pick for the Super Bowl, Propalooza six-pack, I am going with the Rams calling the first timeout in this game. And, you know, typically I ignore these props. I, I don't think I've ever bet on the coin toss. I never bet on, you know, which coach will throw the first challenge flag, which coach will call the first timeout. But I think there is some sneaky edge on the Rams calling the first timeout here because um, if you look at some research, uh, Michael Lopez, did he did an in-depth piece on how coaches use their timeouts and Sean McVay by far led all coaches with 2.9 unnecessary timeouts per game uh, which is a crazy stat and if you watch Rams games like you can see it in action like he he does call a ton of timeouts where he doesn't like the formation or you know he loses a challenge there's all these different reasons why Sean McVay just blows through timeouts um so you know usually the first timeout in a game you know, will in theory be an unnecessary timeout. Um, so I, I wanted to just test it out. So I was going to look at the past couple of games, like were the Rams the first team to call a timeout? The nine, like each of the past nine games, the Rams have called the first timeout. So <laughs> that was enough proof for me to like, just go along with this theory that Don McVay just blows through timeouts. So in a market like this, where typically I'm just ignore it. I, I think there's too big of an edge here to just ignore and pass up. So I'm locking in the Rams to call the first time out at minus 115. Um, I would probably set this at like minus 150. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'd be willing to bet this up to like minus 130. That's how confident I am. But I never thought in a million years I'd be recommending a punter prop and a first time out prop on a Super Bowl Palooza. Really? I think you were like minus 2000 to recommend a punter prop. But that is true. The, the time out, that's a little more. Those are usually one of those things that, you know, on a normal uh, type of game we'd be like you know stay away from this the odds are probably yeah. even but i agree with sean mcveigh and the funny thing is he's not even a guy who uh, a coach who has an inordinate amount of challenges so like if like taylor actually has more challenges than mcveigh over the last three years so you know and i think like six more so it, it's like a substantial amount so like if mcveigh challenged more he'd probably burn even more timeouts <laughs> he'd probably lose True. a good amount so yeah it, it's pretty amazing uh, the last nine games, so that that is an amazing stat. All right, for my third and final uh, and the sixth overall pick of the Super Bowl Propapalooza six-pack, I'm going with Matt Gay over one-and-a-half field goals. And now we have a, a punter prop, a timeout prop. Why not get a kicker prop in here? So the Bengals, you look at them, they're not a team that gives up a ton of multi-field goal games. Uh, it's happened about 40% of the time uh, this year. But look at Matt Gay, and he's gotten at least two field goals in 15 of 20 games. So even if you take those two, 75% for Gay, 40% uh, for the Bengals, and you average that together, that's about 57.5%, which is about 
the true odds are about minus 135. Uh, and you're getting this uh, in the, you, you're, so I'm showing about, you know, about 10 points of juice value here uh, on Gay here to go over multiple field goals. And I think also when you kind of do these projections, you would look at the, the kicker more than the defense. So uh, the true odds are probably over 60% when you really uh, calculate it. So yeah, probably closer to 150. Uh, and you can get this for, so you can get this for minus 125. And uh, I would put the true odds closer to minus 150, uh, about a 60% chance, if not more. Again, he's done in 75% of his games. And the Rams are favored, you know? So that also gives them a more positive game script to where they'd be tacking onto their lead. Uh, so really like this prop, uh, kind of in that similar boat to cup where it's like, you know, he's gone over this number in 75% of the games and we're getting pretty good juice on it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, when it comes to these field goal props, I, I would like to take the over for like an accurate kicker and Mackey happens to be one of the most accurate kickers in my model. Um, I'm projecting around an 88% field goal rate, because if you look at his profile this year, you know, he's made 94% of field goals. Um, and that's with attempting five field goals of 50 yards or more. So he's an extremely accurate kicker. This game's going to be a home game for him. It's indoors, essentially. Um, so, yeah, I think if he gets two or more field goal attempts, he'll probably make both. Um, so this is uh, a rare, again, this is a rare kicking prop where I'd probably take the over as well. Yeah, and it, interesting that you mentioned it's indoors in L.A. In L.A. this season, uh, he's made multiple field goals in nine of ten games in L.A. So not yeah. because it's home field advantage, but it is indoors. Uh, four of his five games where he's made only one or no field goals have come on the road and three of those four were outdoors. So uh, indoors, Matt Gay is money uh, to make two or more field goals. All right. So that's going to wrap up our Super Bowl 56 Propapalooza Sunday six pack. Sean is going with Cooper Cup longest reception over 27 and a half yards. Kevin Huber longest punt over 52 and a half yards and Rams first time out at minus 115. I'm going winner of the coin toss to defer at minus 500. Samaje Pirine under 15 and a half combined rushing and receiving yards and Matt Gay over one and a half field goals. All right, Sean. Now, now we can really get into it. Uh, we're going to go all over the place here and try to touch on uh, just all of the props uh, in what is usually called our best of the rest segment. But uh, uh, there's no real rest because every prop is equal uh, as long as you can profit off of it. So uh, let's start out here with the national anthem. Uh, do you tend to have any type of strategy uh, when you're betting the national anthem, which is obviously the most important prop uh, of the game? Uh, yeah, my strategy is listen to you talk about it. Um, <laughs> this is definitely your specialty. I'll handle the punting props you're usually good handling the national anthem. So I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing your pick here. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, we got Mickey Guyton singing this thing. Um, not a ton of information on her specifically, but some really good information on how to approach this based on, on what's happened in the past. So uh, the over under I'm seeing uh, out there in the market right now is about 95 seconds, which is about a minute 35. Uh, the last Super Bowl, last 15 Super Bowls, it's been about even eight overs, six unders, one push. Uh, but the average length 
for the last 15 Super Bowls is two minutes and one second or uh, 121 seconds. And the median is right there as well at a minute 59 seconds or 119. So that means that this is about a two minute anthem uh, on average at these Super Bowls. Uh, and right now the total is only at a minute 35. So I think you have to go over here. Seven of the last nine have been over two minutes. So, I mean, this is really just a, a smash over for me. I wouldn't be surprised if the, the market kind of bumps it up. Now, again, you know, ha, you know has Guyton, ha, do we have a lot of information on her specifically? No, but most performers have tended to kind of drag it out of lately. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, last year we saw uh, it was two minutes and 17 seconds uh, for Jasmine Sullivan and Eric Church. Uh, Demi Lovato came in at a minute 49 a couple years ago. Gladys Knight was at two minutes, one second. Pink was at 152. So those are all over this number. And then the three before that and the five before that, all over two minutes. Luke Bryan, 204. Lady Gaga, 222. Adina Menzel, 204. Renee Fleming, 203. Alicia Keys, 236. So this is one where I would actually bet this up to you know, maybe 115 or so, I think the number is going to go up as, as we get closer and as people start to talk about this and, and we start writing articles about it. Um, so I, this is when I would try to lock in as soon as possible um, because anything under two minutes, uh, you're getting good value uh, uh, according, to the, uh, according to the past data. Now, is, is this the opening number or has it, has it gone up? since it opened, do you know? That, I don't know. This is my first time looking at it. <laughs> okay. Because so. I feel like, like typically the, anth- the national anthem, I feel like the steam moves are usually the right side. So if it starts like getting bet up, it, it always seems like that's, that's the side to be on. No, I, I don't know if you have that kind of data. No, no, I, that I don't have, but I <laughs> okay. will say this. I mean, there's almost usually like for something like a prop, there's almost never steam moves on the under regardless. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, People wouldn't be betting under uh, for a prop like this. And I don't think the sharps would really be the quote unquote sharps. You know what I mean? Would really True. be touching it. So um, bottom line is it, it should be around two minutes. Like that's the best that, that's you can, we can feel pretty confident. It should be around two minutes. If you can get anything under that, uh, go for it. Uh, only once you start getting over two minutes, uh, should you start thinking about an under uh, if you're going to bet this. But you think there's like a 20 seconds edge here. At, yeah. Yeah. The, wow. That's, that's pretty big. I'll have to join you on this one as well. All right. Uh, let's go to something that actually does involve the game here. That's the <laughs> MVP. And this is always a fun one. Uh, as you're listening to this, um, we'll probably have an article up where we do our Super Bowl odds draft uh, every year at Action. Uh, and these things are actually, you know, valuable exercise. I remember a couple of years ago, uh, I took Edelman in our, in one of our drafts and I ended up betting him and he won it. Um, so these yep. things are kind of a great thought exercise to kind of think about now. So let's talk through this a little bit. I'll set you up with some numbers. Uh, you could kind of give me your thoughts on, on what you're thinking, mm-hmm. but just for some numbers, historically quarterbacks have won 55% of the times running backs and receivers have won 12 and a half percent of the time. Each defensive players have won 18% of the time. And then Desmond Howard, who's, he was a wide receiver, but more like a kick returner. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won one as well. Uh, but, Wide receivers have won 24% uh, of the time over the last 17 Super Bowls. So they've won four of the last 17. So uh, that, those are kinda, that's kind of the historical data. 
Uh, with that being said, we have Matthew Stafford, the favorite at a minus 115. Uh, and then Joe Burrow comes in next at plus 225. Uh, what stands out to you on the board for Super Bowl MVP, Sean? Yeah, so I think when looking at these numbers, you kind of want to look at recent seasons. You know, you quoted the last 17 years, the receivers have won it a bit more. I think that makes sense because the NFL is becoming more pass heavy in general. So I don't think we've seen a running back win it in the past 20 years or so. So I, I won't be attacking any running back. I think quarterbacks, obviously the quarterback is, you know, the most likely one to win, but you know, the QBs have won seven of the past 10 Super Bowls. So if you take a look at Joe Burrow, he's plus 225. I thought about taking him because I think that's a sneaky way to sort of bet on the Bengals money line. Instead of giving him a plus 160, you can get him plus 225. But I just don't think there's enough value there because, you know, like I said, the QB is only going to win it around 70% of the time. So I think that the way to kind of attack this is to look at the wide receivers. And we have some legit wide receivers in the Super Bowl this year. Um, So the guy that I think stands out the most to me is probably T Higgins at 50 to one, you know, on the fantasy flex all season long, I've been the biggest T Higgins stand. So, you know, I can't help myself here, but um, you know, if the Rams were to double team or, sell out to try to stop Jamar Chase, you know, T Higgins could benefit from that. Um, and he has, you know, the potential to have a big enough game to be a Super Bowl MVP. So I think at 50 to one odds, um, I, I think T Higgins is probably, you know, the, the best value when it comes to guys outside of the QB position, uh, in my opinion. How about you? Yeah, I love the T Higgins call because the Rams play zone at a top three rate. Yeah. And we've talked about this all year on the flex, but T Higgins is kind of the Bengals go-to receiver uh, when they face zone coverage. Like Jamar Chase kills against man coverage. He's one of the best in the league uh, at beating man coverage. But against zone, they're, they're a lot closer. Like Chase is at 2.4 yards per route run, uh, and T. Higgins is at 2.1. So there's only a .3 separation. Whereas when you look at man coverage, Jamar Chase, 3.6 yards per route run, T. Higgins, 2.1. So Higgins is kind of that steady guy who just happens to be more productive uh, against zone because Chase's numbers will go down uh, in in that situation. You can bracket him a little more and things like that. Chase is just a guy he's going to kill one-on-one coverage. So uh, I really do like that, that Higgins call. I think Chase and and cup still kind of stand out uh, as well. If you're going away from quarterback, you know, you're getting Chase at 16 to one, which I still think is decent odds for a guy that we know can go for like, you know, 200 plus yards and, two or three touchdowns in a game. Uh, and then Cooper cup at six to one is just kind of a way, you know, Matthew Stafford is the obvious choice and he's the favorite. So there's a lot of correlation, obviously between Stafford and cup. And there's a situation kind of like with Brady and Edelman, where, you know, maybe the Bengals say, Hey, Cooper cup is going to beat us. We're going to, we're, we're going to make sure we cover everyone else and let cup get his like 150 yards. So if cup goes like, you know, 10 for 150 with a touchdown or two, and Stafford only finishes with like 250 yards, uh, but the Rams win the game, you're looking at Cooper Cup for, for MVP. So uh, I think it's Cup, Chase, and, and love the Higgins call uh, as well uh, for me. Is there anybody like above 100 to 1 odds that you'd consider? Let's see. I would say above 100. Can it be at 100 to 1? At, yeah, at it could be. Yeah, yeah. Like you have like um, Jalen Ramsey. Yes, that's that was a guy. That's why right. he's hundred to one. Oh, okay. It's Jalen. It's it's Jalen Ramsey because, it, like, he wants this, right? Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, he, this is his kind of stage. He wants to be seen on this stage. He's going. He may he may guard Chase one on one. I mean, who knows? Maybe they switch it up. It's a Super Bowl. Maybe they break tendency. He's going to want an interception. 
He's going to want to try to show out. He's going to want to blitz and get a sack and get a big play. So I think Ramsey will be all over the field. Um, And, uh, you know, I I think he's the obvious guy that stands out, especially when you're getting him at 100 to 1, whereas Von Miller, who, by the way, has won one, uh, he's 50 to 1. So, you know, defensive players, I think it's kind of a toss up, you know, whoever the ball's hands kind of lands in if you get a a fumble six or a pick six. Mm -hmm. Um, But you also have Aaron Donald and he's, 12 to one, right? So you're not really getting value on these other stars. Whereas Ramsey, because of what they're doing with him and putting him in that star position, he's actually being able to be around the ball a lot more. So I think that's a a ridiculous value uh, for Ramsey. Still a low probability outcome, but I mean, of of everyone on uh, a hundred to one or better, I think Ramsey sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah, no, I would agree. And, you know, he would probably deserve it if Jamar Chase finishes with zero catches for zero yards or something. But that also means they're not throwing to Ramsey. So it's kind of hard for him to make flash plays in the box score to kind of warrant an MVP vote. So I agree with you there, but it, it's definitely tough. These 101, these guys are 101 for a reason. Uh, but I think like a guy like Trey Hendrickson might be sneaky on the Bengals side. Uh, by the way, I, I'm attacking these Bengal players because I'm going to be on them plus five and a half. And you know money or plus four and a half and money line. So I'm trying. I was to about target. to say, where are you getting that yeah. line? Let's well, stop on, the podcast. Let's all go bet Bengals plus it. five and a half. Yeah, maybe I'm seeing in the future that I'm waiting for it to get up <laughs> to five and a half. Uh, but I think he's he's more likely to get like a strip sack, you know, things like that to kind of like make splash plays in the box score. Um, so I think Hendrickson, out of these guys that are just you know hundred to one or better, uh, he's probably my pick. I'll give you one more name since. You know, and I think a lot of people, obviously, the market thinks the Rams are going to win. So some of these Rams guys do stick out here. One other one that I'll mention is Leonard Floyd, because all eyes are going to be on Donald. How do we block Donald? How do we block Von Miller? Mm -hmm. Leonard Floyd is that guy that's going to get, you know, he'll probably get singled up. Um, They can put him on the, you know, on Prince on the right tackle. You know, that's been uh, that's been an issue. You can kind of isolate him where you want. So and and now we don't even know about CJ Usoma, which would have yeah. been a valuable like chip blocker uh, on the outside. So, I mean, Leonard Floyd, you know, maybe there's a fumble or a sack or something. He picks it up. Maybe he causes it strip sack. You know, that could be just uh, massive for him. And we've seen some random defensive players win it in the past. Not that Floyd is random, but he's not like a Donald or a Ramsey. Uh, so I think he's worth mentioning. And what do, what do you think about this? If you, since you like the Bengals, I'll, no kicker has ever won. But if the Bengals have a chance, I feel like they're going to have to slow down that Rams offense too. Uh, the Rams defense is obviously very good and, and, and the Bengals are going to have issues blocking, you know, all these guys in the Rams front. So, I mean, we could get one of those low scoring Super Bowls. If McPherson, if the Bengals win like 18 to 10 or, or 15 <laughs> to 10, right. And, yeah. and McPherson, which they have, they've won a game by 15 to 10 score this year, but McPherson makes like five field goals. And like two or two or three fifty yarders, like he has to get the MVP, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be uncommon, <laughs> but that's that's why he's hundred to one, right? But if there were ever a kicker, I think that could do it. It's probably him. Um, uh, you know, he'll probably have to kick the game winner, um, to to win it. And yeah, it would have to be a low scoring game where he gets about four field goals, including the game winner. Uh, maybe you know, two of those kicks have to be over fifty yards, but it's certainly possible. He's been one of the better stories of the Bengals season. So, um, yeah, if there were ever a time to bet the kicker, I think it was Friedman bet uh, Zerline that one year, and it looked like he was going to do it. But, uh, yeah, I think this would be the one time I could get behind backing a kicker at 100-1 to with McPherson. 
All right. So, uh, yeah, that was our MVP talk. Uh, just to recap, we like Burrow's value a little more than mm-hmm. Stafford here, uh, but uh, really like the receivers' values. They've won four out of the last 17. So, uh, T. Higgins at 50 to one. Jamar Chase at 16 to one, Cooper Cup at six to one. Uh, and then some long shots, Trey Hendrickson, Jalen Ramsey, Evan McPherson, Leonard Floyd, all 100 to one. Uh, all right, let's go to another fun one. First touchdown. And uh, I like to look at this uh, in terms of the teams. You know, like first touchdown for the Rams, first touchdown for the Bengals. I think that's a little easier to, to cap. Um, but how, how do you kind of approach the first touchdown markets? I know you usually have a, a lot of great uh, simulations and things like that, that that are able to kind of give us some, some true odds here. Yeah, so I have projections for these. Um, and, you know, I, I project, you know, touchdowns for every player. And it's, it's factoring in, I'm using the Rams or favored by four and a half. So I'm not, you know, favoring the Bengals here. Um, and with, with all that said, um, I am showing Jamar Chase offering quite a bit of value at nine to one. Um, so I'm, I'm projecting him closer to seven to one here. Um, again, factoring everything where I, I think the Rams are probably more likely to score first. Uh, but, you know, Chase, especially out of the gate, he's, he has such big play potential when it comes to first touchdown score. That's kind of what I like. Um, so I think out of, you know, both sides, I, I think the best value right now is probably Jamar Chase at uh, nine to one. I'll give everyone out there the breakdowns of what actually has happened this year. I know that's, you know, it's not necessarily going to line up with the models, (laughs) which are a lot more sophisticated, but still interesting Uh, for the Rams. Cooper cup has done it in four out of the 20 games, or or he's done it 20% of the times. Uh, And also Van Jefferson has done it 20% of the time. Those are the two leaders for the Rams. Higby uh, and Michelle uh, have done it three times each or 15% of the time. Uh, And then for the Bengals, uh, Joe Mixon has done it 25% of the time, uh, really actually five out of 19 games. Cause he didn't play in that, in that week 18 game. So he's above 25% is Joe Mixon here. Uh, and then CJ Usoma, Jamar chase have each done it, uh, three times. So about 15% for each of those guys. So those are the leaders for the Bengals. So I do think there are some interesting, uh, ways to exploit this market in terms of the first touchdown for each team. Uh, for the Rams, Van Jefferson is 10 to one to score the Rams first touchdown. That's a 9% chance. And I know Jefferson has been kind of quiet lately, but he's still out there running a route on over 90% of Stafford's dropbacks. So the odds are if it's a passing play, Jefferson's going to be in there um, and he pretty much plays every snap. So unless they go really heavy uh, or it's a running play, um, I, I think you got really good uh, odds on Jefferson right here. 10 to one is a 9% uh, implied probability. And he's done it 20% of the time this year. So um, not saying he has a true 20% chance, but yeah, I think it's a little bit higher or substantially higher than, than 9% or 10 to one odds here. Um, I also think Cam Akers is interesting. He's five to one to score the first touchdown for the Rams at 17%. Uh, a starting running back for the Rams has scored in a quarter uh, of their games, the first touchdown. So that's about 25%, uh, whereas the implied odds for Acres are about 17%. So uh, I think you're getting a pretty good edge there. And that, that's a pretty, you know, we know Acres, we know Michelle will probably mix in, but Acres is the starting running back that's been abundantly clear. Uh, I think he'll be, he'll get the first crack at the, at the goal line carries down there. So I really like that one. And then Tyler Higby, if he plays, um, you know, 15% of the time he scored the, 
the Rams first touchdown, the odds imply only about a 10% chance at nine to one, uh, maybe because he's injured, but if he's playing, he's going to be out. He's another guy. He's going to be out there every snap. Um, so I think he's another good bet. And then for the Bengals uh, mentioned Mixon, he's done it over 25% of the time. Uh, his odds to score the Bengals first touchdown are three and a half to one. Uh, so the implied odds are only about 20%, whereas his true odds are probably closer to 25%. Um, and then uh, an, a real two long shots, the backup running backs for the Bengals. I mentioned, I don't like P Ryan for his median, but I do like him for a long shot because mm-hmm. he's actually scored the Bengals first touchdown twice uh, this year. And that that's not even including the, the game where, you know, no one played because I don't think he played in that game either. The last game of the season. Um, yeah, and it was, very, it was very tilting for DFS. too. Right. Yeah. Cause we thought he was going to play. That's yeah. it. You know, nice little zero in, uh, in our lineup, but I digress, but so he's done it 10% of the time. Uh, his odds are 28 to one. That's just a 3.4% implied uh, odds. So you're getting about three X on what his true odds have been this year. That doesn't mean his true odds going forward are 10%. But the point is, they, you know, he's kind of one of those guys that they just draw things up for every once in a while. I don't know if they'll do it as much here. That's why I like his under, but at 28 to one, I mean, you know, it's, it's not bad. And, you know, there's also the possibility that maybe Mixon gets like banged up on like a long carry and then Pira runs it in from like a yard out. Uh, so there's a lot of possibilities there uh, for P Ryan. And then Chris Evans, kind of the same thing. Uh, his odds are 33 to one, 2.9% implied odds. He's actually done it twice this year. Now, one of them was in the week 18 game, but he's also the kick returner. So he's going to get some chances here to, to, to do this. You know, he, if the Bengals win the toss, he could get a chance early in the game, about a 40% chance that, you know, it's not a touchback for Matt Gay. So I like Chris Evans as well at 33 to one. And again, with these backup running backs, you never know, like Mixon could break a long run. Maybe he has to come out. Maybe he gets banged up. He always seems to be a little banged up. Uh, and and somebody else has to come in and, and get like a one or two yeah. yard touchdown. So I think if there's ever a time to bet backup running backs who are projecting for like a half a touch for some long shot, right. it's, it's, it's now. So, uh, cause we usually just don't even get odds posted a lot of times for some, for some of these. So um, especially for first team touchdown, we might get first touchdown score, but then that's just even harder. But for first yeah. team touchdown, uh, I think both of these teams should score a touchdown. And if not our McPherson bet cashes. So, exactly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, those, those are the kind of ones I'm looking at. But I really think that Van Jefferson one stands out just because he's on the field every play uh, and his true odds this season have been, uh, you know, dub- more than double what the what the implied odds are. Yeah, that makes sense. And just looking at your breakdown, which you did a fantastic job of, by the way, um, just Uzoma tied for second with Chase mm-hmm. with three first touchdown scores in 20 games like. Uzama seems like a serious 50-50 shot to play this game. Um, so if he were to be ruled out and it's Drew Sample, that's that's a massive drop-off in terms of, you know, touchdown expectations. So, you know, guys like Chase, Mixon, Higgins, their their odds will only go up. So I think that the time to kind of attack this market for either team, because you already mentioned Higby is a 50-50 bet as well. Um, the kind of the time to take advantage of that is probably now if if you can find value because. Um, they, they might only go up if one of these tight ends is ruled out. Yes, sir. All right. So that's, uh, that's first touchdown for the game. John loves the nine to one odds for chase. I, I'm guessing those are going to get shorter as we approach game time. Uh, and then for first Rams touchdown, I really like Van Jefferson uh, at 10 to one at like Cam Akers at five to one as well. 
And then on the Bengals side, love Joe Mixon at three and a half to one. And P. Ryan and Evans, long shots at 28 and 33 to one, respectively. The Action Network podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. And to celebrate the 2021 NFL season, BetMGM is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners, a $1,000 risk-free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. And if your bet doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $1,000. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the best features for NFL betting, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. Uh, let's move on to uh, an interesting prop. Uh, the first play of the game, runner pass. Uh, any thoughts? On, I, I have some thoughts on this, but I'm just curious to, to your thoughts. Do you ever bet this one or do you have any thoughts on just, you know, based on these two teams, uh, how to attack this one? No, this is usually when I stay away from. I include this with the first time out. <laughs> type of props that I never bet, but I'm assuming with this matchup, it would be a pass, especially with, you know, how pass heavy the Bengals have been um, of late. But last week, it seemed like they, they ran it a ton on first down. So I'd probably stay away. This seems a little too random for me, but if you have any info that can convince me otherwise, go for it. I think you have to bang pass here because at oh. that MGM uh, yes. run is minus 130 pass is even money. At, at plus 100. Wow. I went back and looked at every first play of the game for each team. There you go. <laughs> the Rams have passed only 40% of the time, eight out of 20. Okay. The Bengals have passed 16 of 20 times. That's 80%. So you average that out, and that's about 60%, which, which means the true odds are closer to minus 150. Uh, but either way, at worst, I'd say at worst, it's a 50-50 bet. And you're getting plus 100 anyway uh, for pass. And I think that's the floor. So anytime you can get even money for the floor, uh, I think you got to take it here. Because if you want to say, hey, none of us know, you could go either way, fine. But then in reality, you should, it should be minus 115 each way, uh, given the VIG. But you're still getting essentially free VIG on the pass here at plus 100. So uh, I think you got a bang pass here, but even just based on these teams' tendencies, uh, just like it's just like you know, looking at all these teams, they've deferred, and you know, more often than not, the Bengals are going to pass. So the Rams have been getting a little more, uh, you know, pass. They went through this stage in the middle of the year when they ran a lot, uh, but they've been passing a little more, especially against good run defenses. And the Bengals' run defense is better 
uh, than the than their pass defense. So uh, I do think that the the Rams, if they get the ball first, are a good bet to come out uh, and throw in the ball. And then the Bengals have been at eighty percent, eighty percent odds to throw the ball. So yeah, I think you got to bang pass and here. It's a Super Bowl too. These these coaches have two weeks to dream up their first play. Do you think they're just going to bang it up the middle with Mixon or Acres for two yard carry? Hell no. <laughs> just take a deep shot or, you know, just complete a four yard pass just to settle the nerves of the quarterback and play it. Like it, it does make sense to, to just, you know, take pass it even money. You've convinced me on this one. So yeah, we, we love pass it even money. I would even bet it a little past even money. I would bet it to about maybe one thirty or so. Cause I think the yeah. true odds are closer to 60%. Um, just based on the histories. All right, let's talk about some scoring early on in the game. Uh, we'll talk first quarter and first half in a minute, but first six minutes, uh, I, that's an interesting one that, that sometimes people want to get down on. Uh, any thoughts on this one? Um, no, not really, because you know I'll probably end up being on the under. Uh, I think it's going to get bet up potentially at a 49 and a half, maybe 50 again. So um, I, I'm looking to bet on the under. So if anything, I would fade. Um, a, a score mm-hmm. in the first six yeah. minutes. Yeah. So I, I think because you would, you had anticipate that most action will be on a score happening in the first six minutes. People don't want to root for nothing to happen. Um, so I, I would probably wait for this. The, the odds for the, the no on this market will probably only get better. Um, so if anything, without looking at the data, I'm sure you gathered, um, I'll probably be on the no on this, just sort of fading the market. Yeah, so the odds I've seen out there about minus 140 uh, for the no, I think the true odds should be closer to about minus 170, uh-huh. um, which is about a 64% chance of it, uh, of no score. Because you look at uh, this season, Cincinnati scored in the first six minutes uh, in 20% of their games, and, and so did the Rams. And then uh, Cincinnati allowed a score in the first six minutes in 25% of the games, the Rams allowed it in 15%. So about a 20% chance for each team, you kind of do some math, you know, and it comes out to about a 64% chance of not uh, having a score by either team uh, in that first six minutes. Uh, And that would be about minus 170. And again, the odds that I've seen out there are about minus 140. So you're getting some pretty good value there. Uh, But I think that's going to go right into uh, the next thing I want to talk about, which is, Early in the game, I mean, we kind of talked about we do expect a, you know a pass a little bit more likely than a run early in the game. But one of the things I will say is that first quarters in the Super Bowl, they do tend to be low scoring. They do tend to be a, a situation where teams are kind of feeling themselves out. Uh, only eight of twenty-two first quarters since nineteen ninety-nine in the Super Bowl have hit double digits. That's this thirty-six point three percent. Uh, right now, the over-under at BetMGM is nine and a half. So uh, I think you'd have to go pretty juice to the under before you stop betting, uh, you know, on under nine and a half here. Uh, but what are your thoughts on just how these teams are going to kind of come out? Um, is it going to change based on, you know, whether the Rams win and defer or the Bengals win and defer the coin toss? Because that, again, is going to happen. Um, no, I, I don't think that would matter. But I, I do anticipate, you know, the first quarter, um, it's going to be a bit of a chess match. Um, these coaches will probably be playing for field position, just trying to settle in. So, yeah, I, I'm probably going to lean on the under here. And this is usually when uh, I think Kevin Huber is going to launch a punt over 52 and a half <laughs> yards. So I think Correlation. Early, on, early on, I think it will be sort of a field position battle. I think the second half um, would be when we start seeing fireworks once these coaches 
uh, sort of relaxed a bit. But yeah, typically the first quarter is the you know the lowest scoring quarter. So you like the first quarter under? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so I got yeah. some numbers for you. You're gonna love this. Okay, bring On it. The first quarter total this year, the Bengals are six thirteen and one. The Rams are even worse at six and fourteen toward the over. That is so combined. They're 12 and 27 with one push toward the over or looked at another way. <laughs> they're 27, 12 and one toward the under a cool 69%. Wow. So yeah, that's uh, that, 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 <laughs> nice. that's, a, that's a, yeah, not exact. That's another one of those bets. Uh, you know, I, I I'm going to walk in here, you know, obviously you could see a big play or something could ruin it, but you still need that touchdown and then another field goal. Yeah. Um, you know, both of these teams, I think, will, you know, the quarterbacks, you can generally trust them. They might get sacked, uh, you know, so that, that could also help Burrow led the league in sack, um, which could really help it. So, yeah, I think, I think this is a nice, uh, a nice little edge here uh, on the first quarter. Uh, the spreads have been, both teams have been kind of a little better than average toward the spread in the first quarter, but I don't see any edge there. Um, second quarter, though. So, if we hit the first quarter under, this, mm-hmm. and this kind of goes into live betting, which, um, again, you know, we can talk about it in more detail, uh, you know, at other times, but second quarter totals Rams 10, nine and one, but the Bengals 14 and six. So, uh, that, you know, the Bengals six, 13 and one in the first quarter total 14 and six in the second quarter, uh, the Bengals have really kind of, they're an adjustments team, right? Like we yes. saw that last week against the chiefs, the Bengals are an adjustment team. Uh, so, uh, sometimes it takes till the second half. That's been the narrative, but uh, can be the second quarter as well. Um, and, and the second quarter is just a high scoring quarter. So uh, I think if you are looking to bet over, which I know most people are second quarter probably makes more sense just given the history, given the two teams, given what we've seen in the Super Bowl. So the over under for the second quarter is 14, which is pretty doable because I think, I mean, how would you assess the chances of like at least one of these teams scoring in the two minute? I mean, it's very high, right? Yeah, we, we could see, you know, both teams score in the two minutes. If if the first team gets the ball in the two-minute offense and they just march down the field and score immediately, um, you know, both teams have really good pickers. So we could see mm-hmm. another team march down the field and get a field goal. So I, I do like the idea of, um, you know, locking in the first quarter under nine and a half before the game starts and then maybe just wait till end game um, to, to sort of bet the over on the first half once we do get closer to the second quarter. I think that makes sense especially just based on the, these two teams and, you know, how good both offenses are, but they, they could start off slow. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a good in-play betting strategy. All right, let's go to the third quarter. Uh, third quarter, Bengals have been kind of average toward the total. Rams have actually been 13-6-1 in the third quarter, so toward the over. Um, so, um, you know, take that what you will. I don't, I don't see anything major that's kind of causing that. But I did see something interesting with the third quarter spread. Uh, and that's because, as we mentioned, we, we talked about Cincinnati, their team that makes great adjustments. So it wasn't an aberration like that. That first second half turnaround this season. The Cincinnati Bengals are 16 and four against the spread in the third quarter. The Rams eight and 12. So you combine that and that's a 70 percent on average, uh, you know, hit rate in Cincinnati's favor like that's. That's extremely high here. So, I mean, any thoughts here on, like, you know, I know you like, you're probably going to be on the Bengals full game. Is this something that, you know, you'd kind of want to lock in 
you know, before the game as well, or is it an opportunity to live bet or how would you kind of use that information? Yeah, that is interesting. Um, you know, that might be a live bet strategy. Plus it's also, um, you know, I'm taking probably the Bengals four and a half, hopefully five, we get there. Um, knowing that if the Bengals do get behind, they're, they're a team that makes adjustments, um, and you know, can come back from any deficit. So I'm sort of baking that in the cake, but yeah, if you just want to go into the game, assuming they'll get behind and then back them in game, you could be getting them, you know, plus 10 and a half, let's say. Um, so that might be actually the smart strategy, but I think going into this, I'm just going to lock them in at four and a half root for them out of the gate. But yeah, if, if they do get behind, I am confident they'll come back because of a lot of things that you said, um, when they make halftime adjustments and just Joe Burr's ability to come back. So I, I think it's kind of just whatever, pick your poison, whatever, you know, you want to do, it's up to you, but I'm going to be locking them in, um, before the game plus four and a half. All right, let's get into some player props. Mentioned a couple at the top that we like, but let's kind of look at these markets uh, a little more closely. I know you like the the, uh, Cooper Cup. I know you like Chase's first touchdown. I know you like Kevin Huber. What other player props uh, kind of stand out to you uh, in the market? Uh, So I have a couple Bengals player props I've been eyeing. I haven't locked them in yet because their their price keeps dropping. So I'm sort of waiting for it to to hit rock bottom. And I'll probably go on the over. Uh, but the first one is Joe Burrow over 271 and a half passing yards. Um, now, granted, this is a tough matchup against the Rams. There's no denying that. Uh, but Burrow certainly has the talent and the weapons to overcome it. Um, the Bengals have become increasingly pass heavy since week 14. You know, they've had the fourth highest early down pass rate um, in neutral situations. So, you know, I think just the volume is going to be there. And um, they've been getting, you know, Joe Mixon involved in the passing game. That's sort of been an extension of the running game. So just all signs point to Joe Burrow um, having a good game through the air. I'm projecting this closer to 285. Um, So the fact that it's 271, we have quite a bit of value. And it, it, like I said, it keeps dropping. So I'm sort of going to time it um, once it hits rock bottom to go in on the over here. And then I'm probably going to pair that up with T. Higgins over 67 and a half receiving yards you already talked about at the top of the show how t higgins has generally done really well against zone defenses this year so against the rams that play zone at a very high rate uh, i think higgins is going to have a big game especially if they put extra resources in on you know slowing down jamar chase um tyler boyd has sort of been invisible in this offensive late so um you know t higgins set up for a big game here and if cj uzoma is ruled out i think that's that's going to help higgins even more so I love getting Higgins uh, over 67 and a half. I'm, I'm projecting him closer to 76 uh, for his median. So again, I, I think there's quite a bit of value here, but I'm going to wait for it to kind of drop to the low point and then come in on the over. Speaking of Uzoma, I think this is a good segue uh, as we're talking about player props to kind of ask you what impact does Uzoma and Tyler Higby uh, both of their impacts being out versus in, like, is it any tangible differential in, you know, the yardage for Burrow and Stafford? Is it any differential in the yardage for guys like Chase, uh, you know, Cup, Beck? Is it the second receivers that benefit? Is it the is it guys like Van Jefferson and Tyra Boyd that benefit? Like, how do you think? What do you think happens? And and is there a way to take advantage of the market? Um, you know, based on the that we don't know right now um, whether these guys are kind of out or in. 
Yeah, it's it's certainly a tricky situation. Um, unfortunately, it means that we can't have like we don't have any CJ Uzoma or Drew sample props. So that's step one is that they can't even offer these props yet. Um, but next week, I, I will have my player prop uh, calculator where I'm going to have these percentages for every player. And I think I'm going to add in um, is CJ Uzoma in or out like I will have it that granular and you'll be able to see like Tyler Boyd, for example, his projection will probably go up. If CJ Uzoma is ruled out, um, you know, again, T. Higgins, his projection will probably go up. Um, so I'm going to be factoring that all in. I, I think a guy like Jamar Chase probably doesn't matter much. He's probably already maxed out. So Uzoma being in or out probably doesn't impact him as much. But these sort of ancillary receivers, um, you could see their projection go up. Because, you know, if a guy like Drew Sample is starting, he sees a way lower target share than CJ Uzoma. So those, those have to go somewhere. Um, so I think you'll see, you know, guys like Mixon, Higgins, or Boyd sort of pick those up. And I'll be factoring all that in in my uh, player prop tool that will be released next week. At actionnetwork.com. At actionnetwork.com. Uh, that's, yeah, that's an interesting one. Mixon, I think, you know, you know, I know Boyd is kind of thought of as that middle of the field receiver. And I think it's about time he has a good game. So, <laughs> I, I, I mean, he's due, right? Like, he's, he's definitely due. Uh, another <laughs> guy, he's just like Van Jefferson, right? It's like, these guys yeah. are out there 90% of the time. Plus it's only a matter of time and it could happen on one catch if, if things go right. So uh, don't, don't hate his number at 41 and a half though. I don't think there's really a massive edge based on whether Uzoma plays or not, but I think Mixon is interesting uh, at 25 and a half, you know, the, the Bengals are underdogs. If there's a lot of zone coverage, he could see, uh, I think a lot of dump offs. And as I mentioned, I think he's going to see the field more than at any point. Cause it's the Super Bowl. I mean, you, you don't, there's no reason to play Samaje P. Ryan uh, <laughs> in this kind of game. So uh, that, that could be one, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of have the updated projections and you'll have your props calculator. Uh, that's just something, unfortunately, we can't uh, attack as yeah. much as we want to. Uh, and that, and it kind of carries over to just a bunch of the receiving numbers, really. Like if I was sure that they were in or out, I think I would be a little more confident mm -hmm. with a recommendation on like Boyd uh, on Jefferson, who's been kind of trending down, but his numbers also low now because of it. Uh, but, but until those guys are, are ruled in and out, I don't think we can really, um, you know, there's really not a confident recommendation we can give each way either way, because it will change. So you like Burrow, you like Higgins. Uh, I'll talk about a couple uh, that stood out to me. The first one was, Joe Mixon, and I'll stay with the Bengals for a second here. Joe Mixon over 16 and a half rush attempts at minus 120. Uh, he's been over this in 12 out of 19 games this season, uh, or 63%. So that would put the true odds closer to minus 170. Uh, but he's also been over in two or three this postseason. And uh, it is interesting because you did mention, you know, uh, the Burrow yardage prop is going down. I don't necessarily think that's like, oh, the Bengals are going to struggle. I think that's because we've seen the spread, you know, it got bet up to four and a half at one point. Uh, it's gone down back to four at some books. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, the more even the game script is, the better chance you have for Mixon to get a decent number of rush attempts. So, um, you know, uh, he's been a guy that all year long, they leaned on him. And I think there's a chance he plays more snaps in this game than he's played uh, pretty much. I don't want to say all season, but pretty much all postseason when he still does take a breather here and there, maybe eighth, every eighth or ninth uh, snap, he'll come out. So uh, I, I like the over 16 and a half rushes for Mixon. I have him projected closer to uh, 18 and a half. Wow. Yeah, I, I have him at 17 and a half. 
Um, and again, I don't think I mentioned this at the top, but you know, I'm going to have a massive card, maybe like over 10 props yeah. total. Um, and I like to make sure they all correlate. I, I ended up going nine and zero last year because I was so meticulous <laughs> on making sure that if I'm adding a prop that it fits sort of the narrative of, you know, all my other props. So I think this one pairs well, if, if you're going to be betting on the Bengals, whether it's money line or spread, you know, taking Mixon to go over 16 and a half rush temps correlates really well with that. So I think I'm going to throw this in there um just because yeah like like we said i don't i don't think samaj p ryan or chris evans will see a rush attempt here so mixon's gonna get it all there's no reason to not give him every rush attempt. It, it, it's a super bowl so i think it's gonna be a much more favorable game script than the market's implying so yeah I, i'm with you here closer to like 18 rush attempts uh, and then one other one that really stood out here was matthew stafford his rushing prop is at five and a half and I think this is this is a really interesting one because it's like, do you have the the cojones essentially to bet the under, which I think is the right play, even though he's gone over the number in every postseason game. But on the season, he's been under in 13 out of 20 or 65 percent. That would mean his true odds at five and a half. The under should be closer to minus 185 instead of minus 115. But even more interestingly, you want to look at the median, which is really what we're trying to kind of isolate here and and figure out which way to bet. Matthew Stafford's median rushing yard this year is half a yard. (laughs) And so, I mean, yes, you know, when he goes over, it's usually probably like one scramble that's going to take him over. He doesn't scramble very often. Uh, Maybe he'll get like a couple of quarterback sneaks or something like that. But I think there's a massive. Uh, kind of edge here you know it didn't quite make it into my top three but it's right there because I still think there's a pretty big edge in under five and a half I mean you could have quarterback sneaks you could have a scramble you could have uh, and then that's not to say you know again the Rams are still favored even though we both kind of lean Bengals at the at the spread the Rams are still favored you could get three kneel downs you might even get a kneel down in the in, at the half like there's a lot of ways for him to go under this number as he's done in two thirds of his games uh, this season. Yeah. So w- when it comes to Matthew Stafford, um, even if he ends up getting seven rushing yards, let's say if the Rams win, he'll probably get a couple kneel downs at the end and he can still go under. So I do like sort of the outs um, that you have at your disposal. If, if Stafford even clears this. Um, right. So yeah, no, I, I love this. Like you said, his media on the season is a half yard. Yeah. Um, so I, I wouldn't, you know, just, overweight the past few games he's he's scrambled and you know he looked like shit while doing it uh but i, I think this is giving us a golden opportunity here to hammer this under three two one to drive this point home the Bengals have allowed the 10th fewest rushing yards to quarterbacks uh during the regular season of those yards there were 237 of them over 50 percent came from lamar jackson and justin <laughs> fields two quarterbacks <laughs> responsible for over 50 percent of the rushing yardage allowed during the regular season for the Cincinnati Bengals. And they play a lot of zone and they drop eight back into coverage sometimes as we saw last week. So that's why Patrick Mahomes was running backwards uh, for most of that, uh, that, that second half. And he, he went well under his, his rushing yardage prop um, last week as well. So yeah, I, I like the under here. It's, it's just one of those things where if you look at the game logs, you're going to be like, Oh man, he went over three straight. It's like, that's, it's not how it works. We need, we need to look at the larger sample. We need to look at the matchup. We need to look at the game script. 
Uh, so yeah, this is one I love. love uh, but one of my favorite Super Bowl beat, like good beat of all time, was that Patrick Mahomes yep. under twenty nine and a half rushing yards, and he had like what forty one or something heading into the final drive, and he didn't just kneel down; he like ran backwards for eight to ten yards twice, I think, um, to lose about fifteen yards, just barely going under the rushing total. So these are always exciting to bet on in general when it comes to this rule, but yeah, this, this Stafford one probably won't be exciting because he might not even scramble, uh, but either way, kind of value here. Stafford could end this game with zero carries for zero yards. Right. Like, <laughs> it's a very real outcome here. So uh, yeah, I love it. Um, all right. Uh, a couple more I want to talk about just because uh, they're interesting. They're exciting. People yeah. probably are going to want to bet on them. I'll start with Cooper cup right now at bet MGM. His receiving yardage over under is 105 and a half. What are you thinking? Yeah, I, I'm right in line with that. Like I said, so I'm projecting him at eight receptions uh, with a median closer to 102 and a half. So I'm, I'm slightly under, and I, I figured that would be the case. They're probably just taking a ton of action on the over, but I already gave you an out here. Cooper Cup over 28 and a half yards for his longest reception. I think that's the market to bet on for Cooper Cup. I think his, you know, his yardage is insane for a reason. He's been, you know, right around here all season long, but uh, I'm going to stay away from this. But again, I think the value is on his longest reception reception going over yeah and i'm truly in line with this like i actually yeah. have his median at 105 and a half so nice. i think this is a, i think this is a great line uh let's talk jamar chase jamar chase 78 and a half you kind of mentioned you know t higgins has been the guy over the morgan zone this is probably one of those games where you want to sell out to stop chase bet mgm has chase at 78 and a half for his receiving yardage over under what do you think of that one I think that's a bit high. Um, I'm, I'm projecting this closer to 72 and a half. Um, but again, I, I'm not going to directly bet the under on Jamar Chase because I'm going to want the Bengals to win. I have them plus four, potentially money line. So I'm not, I don't want to be rooting against Jamar Chase. So I think the way to do this is what I described is, you know, I'm going to bet Joe Burrow over on his passing yards. Um, so I will be rooting for Jamar Chase in that regard. And then I think T Higgins betting the over on him it's sort of a way to hedge a bit and, you know, bet against Jamar Chase. So, you know, so to speak. So I think that I'm going to like weasel my way around fading Jamar Chase, but I'm not going to bet it directly. How about you? Yeah, I'm under a little higher than you, but I'm at 76 and a half for a median. So a couple yards under, uh, whereas I'm a couple, I'm about four yards over on Higgins. Uh, I have him about 71 and a half uh, for the median. Um, actually, let's talk about Tyra Boyd really quick and, and, mm. and Jefferson, because I do. Like, so right now I kind of have the, the, the snap split uh, in my model between, you know, Uzoma and, and Sample and Higby and, and, and Blanton. Um, but I, I am over both Tyler Boyd and Van Jefferson current numbers. Uh, I have Boyd about 45 and a half. The market's at 41 and a half. And then I have Jefferson about. 35 and a half, the market's 31 and a half. So uh, is, are you more in line with the market or are you kind of, where are you on those two guys? Yeah. So I'm in line with the market on Boyd and full disclosure. I had Boyd over what was it, like 39 and a half receiving yards last Same. week. He had like with the first drive, he had three catches for 19 yards. I'm like, all right, got it in the bag. And that's pretty much what he ended on. Um, he had an A dot close to like 1.9 last week. Um, if anything, I would maybe attack the over on his receptions and attack the under on the receiving yards. Just that's how his usage has been, especially of late. 
Um, but I, I'm in line with the market on him. I think Van Jefferson, um, he's a guy I, I probably wouldn't touch the receiving yards because I think you mentioned it. He can score at any point on the field. Um, his A dot has been through the roof of late. Um, last week it was 24.4. A couple weeks before that was 31. So he's clearly the deep threat. I think if there were a market to attack, it'd be under um, uh, two and a half receptions. I haven't seen it posted anywhere, but I'm assuming the market will be about like two and a half receptions. I think I'll go on the under on that. But again, I'm, I'm sort of waiting for the Tyler Higby news. I think if if Higby's playing, I'll be a little bit more comfortable attacking Van Jefferson's under. Although Kendall Blanton last week did look pretty good. Um, he saw a target on 50% of his routes, I think it was. Um, so it's, you know, it's one of those things where I'm going to wait and see, but I think I'll probably attack Van Jefferson's under two and a half receptions. What about you? Yeah, it's minus 130. Um, oh. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't touch the receptions. I think I would lean over on the yardage. I, I just yeah. like, it's just, I just think these last few games, you know, given the underlying usage, it's like, it, it, it's just kind of a variance, right? It's like, yes, obviously we, the games are getting more important. Maybe he's getting targeted with a less, but uh, my numbers are still coming out, you know, well above that. And he could still get it on one catch. So, yep, exactly. um, and, and this is the type of, you know, you have two weeks to scheme, right? It's like, you're going to try to shut down the top guys anyway. So, I mean, there could be an opportunity for him. Um, so I, that's the way I lean. I don't know. Again, like there, there is a lot of variance either way and I don't like taking overs. So, uh, <laughs> you know, obviously check out the action network app at Chris Raybon and, and you're at, at the underscore odds maker, you can see what we end up doing here, but I, I would lean over. Um, and, and another guy stick, stick with the receivers. Cause this one caught my eye too. So Odell Beckham has been amazing for the Rams. Great pickup. Uh, his number for receiving yardage at bed MGM 64 and a half. Uh, I'm looking at our projection sheet uh, for action network. And both of us are under that. Uh, is that something you'd you'd be willing to to go under? I think it's a little high, uh, but at the same time, it feels kind of dangerous because I know he's been waiting forever for this too. It's like kind of like Ramsey. It's like this is yeah. his moment to shine. Uh, so I mean, where are you on the backup? Because I think that's going to be another popular one that people are looking to bet, you know, one way or another. Yeah. So last week I I had the over. I think it was fifty five and a half yards cashed easily. I I am on the under here. I think it's one of those props where it's it's probably going to only go up. So I'm going to wait, yeah. but I, I like the under yards, but I might attack the under receptions right now. It's five and a half on that MGM. The unders minus minus one forty-five. There might be more value in that market. Um, Cause I, I could see him, you know, catching a deep ball or two uh, in this game, but I think it's gonna be tough for, for him to clear six receptions. So I think I'm eyeing the receptions props specifically. Uh, again, this is Cooper cups offense. He's, he's such a target hog. It could be even more extreme in the super bowl. So I think that, yeah, it's, it's a good time to kind of like sell high on Beckham um, just because his, his market's pretty inflated here. So I think I will be on the under on Beckham here. Yeah, I have him at 4.7 receptions. That's, yeah. a, that's a good yeah. call. So like even if you bump, you say, you'd say really the median is probably closer to four and a half, um, yep. five at most, and we're still winning that bet. So yeah, that's a good call. And just a half a reception in this range is, it's massive. So even though it's minus 145, it's, it's probably worth maybe like minus 180 uh, given our projections. So yeah, love the value we're getting there. One more interesting one. So this went up while we were recording. So uh, I, I have to oh, throw okay. this in here. When I, when I looked at Jamar Chase's rushing prop a few, you know, as we started the show, it was three and a half. It's now up to four and a half at BetMGM. 
I know we both do project our, our rushing numbers, even for wide receivers. Uh, where are you on Jamar Chase uh, rushing yardage? Ooh, yeah, so I, it's probably going to be four exactly, right? So I have him one rush attempt. Uh, I'm projecting for one rush attempt. I mean, it's a Super Bowl. So maybe they draw up a couple rush attempts. So if anything, I would lean on the over here. Uh, but given he's going to see one rush attempt, let's say, um, he's averaging 4.08 yards an attempt this year. So he's basically a running back. And the median for running back per attempt is about three and a half. Um, so I, I now that it's been, you said it was at three and a half and now it's four and a half, I'd yeah. probably lean on the under here just because it, it like four is probably the mode on this. Like it's most likely going to be four. So I, I like the over three and a half and under four and a half. That's how close my projection is. Yeah, it's tough because so oh. here's what I noticed. Like, I, and I have it right at four and a half is like the median. So, like, I'm yeah. kind of torn. Uh, I would have gone over at three and a half, but five games in the regular season, he had a rush attempt. He's had a rush attempt in every postseason game, including three rush attempts in the wild card. However, he had one in the divisional and one in the conference championship, and both of them went under. Four and a half. So they, it was a two yard run and a three yard run. So yep. it's, it's really tricky. I think it's a good line. I think it's warranted. I think three and a half was too easy though. Like I think, I think there's a really good chance he gets one and probably at this point better than a 50, 50 chance yeah. he gets two. So I think, I think it was smart to bump it up over what the average, you know, rushing attempt for him is probably going to be. Um, so, so yeah, I think it's a good line, but you know, if you can maybe find a three and a half out there, Oh yeah, uh, I think that would be, again, as you always say, one yard is worth a massive amount of value in, in a market like this when, you know, it's like a, the difference between three and four. So. Yeah. A market like this is probably worth like 20%. So right. that's why I can go from liking the over to the under just by one yard. So it's yeah. massive. Uh, yeah. If you can get a three and a half out there, I would definitely take the over. Uh, okay. And then, and then one more question for you on player props before we jump into some little more exotic props. Uh, these kind of, versus battles here where it's yes. like one player versus another um anything stick out to you in those markets uh I, the, the one that does stick out is probably the joe mixon minus 130 versus cam acres I, I mean both backs have identical projections if you look at the market they're right around you know 62 and a half 63 yards however you know, we've already talked about it samaj p Ryan and chris evans might not even get a carry in this game um so joe mixon has a very high floor he's going to get pretty much every single rush attempt out of the backfield. Whereas Cam Akers, you know, he has Sony Michelle behind him. Um, Daryl Henderson's back. Maybe they give him a carry, but just Cam Akers has a little bit lower of a floor. Um, so a market like this where it's head to head, uh, I'm going to lean Joe Mixon all the way. So I do like him minus 130. However, there's the other market where um, who will lead the game in rushing yards. You can get a guy like Cam Akers who probably has a higher ceiling at plus 110. Um, so depending on which guy you like, uh, you would have to, you know, pick and choose the market. So if you do like Acres, uh, attack the market uh, where you know you can get him to lead the game in rushing. Because uh, again, the Rams are favored. He's he's more likely to get you know twenty plus rush attempts. But I think the head to head battle, uh, the higher floor is going to win every time. So give me Joe Mixon at minus one thirty in that matchup. Yeah, I like that call too. Like go Acres for like a longer shot, but just yeah. in terms of betting on their medians, I think Mixon has a clear edge. Um, because yeah, I have him for about like 86% of the backfield carries where yeah. acres, I have him closer to 68%. So that's like a 20% difference. And you know, carries, you're just going to kind of say four yards of carry, give or take, you know, yep. regardless. So, well, these yeah, backs maybe three edge. yards, 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do lean under on the rushing yardage props. Too, yeah. I should say that. Um, not, not, not the most fun thing to bet, you know, uh, I'll stick with my P Ryan under here, get the rushing plus receiving, but, uh, I will say that I am leaning under on both of the, uh, on, on the running backs as well. All right. So we'll close out with some exotic props, but just want to recap, uh, Sean likes Joe Burrow over 271 and a half passing yards. T Higgins over 67 and a half, uh, rushing yards and Joe Mixon, uh, to have more yardage on the ground than Cam Akers at minus one. 30. Uh, I like Matthew Stafford under five and a half rushing yards uh, and Joe Mixon over 16 and a half rushing attempts. Uh, we're both pretty much in line with Cooper Cups uh, receiving yardage total at 105 and a half. A uh, little bit under on Jamar Chase at 78 and a half. A little bit under on Odell Beckham at the five and a half receptions and the 64 and a half uh, yards and uh, probably leading. Uh, over on on Boyd and Van Jefferson, but there are a lot of variants there. And Sean does like the under on Jefferson's uh, receptions at two and a half, but uh, more more confident once we get the news of exactly who's in and out uh, at tight end for each team. All right, uh, let's let's talk penalties. Let's talk defense special team. Let's talk these kind of exotic props here, Sean. I know you do a lot of work on penalties. You actually. <laughs> told me about a penalty site that I didn't know existed <laughs> for penalty data. So I was loving yeah. that. I uh, appreciate that. But uh, yeah, what, what do you got here in terms of penalty props? So yeah, the, the website's nflpenalties.com. Um, and the first penalty prop uh, that you should look out for is the first team to be penalized for PI, so pass interference. Um, you know, it's going to be a pick em at most books, but, you know, get the Bengals at minus 115 for that. Um, and the, the Rams, you know, they only committed four pass interference calls all season, which is by far the lowest in the league. So they're very disciplined. Um, I expect that to continue through the Super Bowl. Uh, whereas the Bengals, you know, they're right around league average. They had nine PI calls this season. The average uh, is nine, nine and a half on the season. So I think in, in a situation like this, give me the Bengals to be the first team uh, to be penalized for PI minus 115. Yeah. And I mean, Rams are also kind of the home team. So it's, you know, yeah. there's that whole, you know, element could come into play. So I like that one. Uh, any other ones here for penalties? Yeah. So the other one is um, that there won't be a roughing the passer call. Uh, it, you know, prices are going to vary, but I'm looking for about minus 130 to lock in here. Uh, both teams were below average in terms of committing a roughing the passer penalty. The Rams only committed uh, roughing the passer call in five of 20 games. Um, and the Bengals only committed a roughing the pass of the call in three of 20 games. Um, so those are pretty low uh, compared to league average. Uh, plus the, uh, the head ref of the, the Super Bowl, I, I think they might have a, like a variety for the crew, but the head ref is Ron Forbert, um, who ranked 13th out of 17 in terms of penalties per game at 10.3. So it all adds up to about 64% chance um, that there won't be a roughing the passer call. Uh, that was sort of the, you know, back of the napkin math here. So uh, love if you can get no roughing the passer penalty at minus 130. Yeah, I like that. And I mean, I think you worry about the Rams a little more, although, I mean, they, they missed one on Stafford last week, right? So maybe they're looking out for it a bit more. But the Bengals are just not a very penalized team. I believe they were the least penalized. Uh, I could be wrong, but they're among the league. They're not very penalized at all, um, are, the, are the Cincinnati Bengals. So you don't expect them uh, to just yeah. kind of tee off in the Super Bowl. Uh, all right. 
uh, so yeah, Sean likes first PI for Cincinnati at minus 115 and, and no roughing the passer call in the game at minus 130. Uh, let's talk about some defense and special teams props. Sean, I know you had your eye on shortest field goal. <laughs> yeah, so I already covered the punter prop. Uh, again, we're, we're looking for more markets there. I'll I'll have more bets on those potentially on actionnetwork.com. But the, the, the other one that stuck out to me is the shortest field goal made. Um, the line's 27 and a half right now. Of course, of course, I had to run a simulator on this. I got a median closer to 33 with a 70% chance that this goes over. Um, so, and that's factoring the, the chance that there won't be a field goal in the game. In that case, you'd get your money back. The, the bet would be voided. Um, so I factored that in as well. But, you know, I have this at close to a 70% chance it's over. Two really, really good kickers here. But I think once they get closer to the, the red zone, these offenses are too good. They'll, they'll punch it in. So I, I have, I love the shortest field goal made going over. 27 and a half yards. Love it. Uh, is that it for defense special teams? Yeah, that's it for now. Again, more markets could pop up. Like you'll see combined field goal yardage. I might find some value there, but I have everything built uh, and set up to kind of tackle those as they pop up. All right. Uh, I guess we'll close it out with one last one uh, that I wanted to talk about. Curious to see uh, if you have any opinion on this, but it's another toss up one, or at least it should be. Uh, but first team to use a challenge. So you were in on the timeout. First team to call a timeout with McVay. Uh, any thoughts on first to use a coach's challenge? I have no thoughts whatsoever. Again, these are markets I rarely tackle, but I thought there was an edge with the timeout. I'm guessing you do have an edge for this one though. Yeah, I mean, just based on the numbers, uh, since Zach yeah. Taylor came into the league, uh, he has 22 t- challenges to Sean McVay's 16. Uh, in regular season games to give it an even playing field. So that's, I mean, that's a pretty big difference, you know, over a three-year period. So that's why I was laughing because I'm like, Sean McVay manages to burn all these timeouts. He's not even a guy that like challenges a ton, right? Right. So I I think Cincinnati is a solid bet, you know, minus 115, uh, kind of a fun one here that you have better than a, better than the odds chance of of hitting here, just given that, you know, Taylor has been, uh, much more likely to challenge than, than has McVay. So uh, yeah, first coach's challenge, Zach Taylor, first time out, Sean McVay, how we're doing it. Love it. <laughs> All right. That is going to do it for our Super Bowl 56 proper Palooza episode. Odds courtesy of bet MGM. You can find all of our betting content for the Super Bowl at actionnetwork.com and in the free award-winning Action Network app, which lets you track every bet that you make, as well as follow all the bets that we make, including our props. Uh, Sean's at the underscore odds maker. I'm at Chris Raybon, R-A-Y-B-O-N. Uh, and you can find us on Twitter at those same handles. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating or review on Apple or Spotify. Uh, Stuck and I will be back next week at the regular time to break down the Super Bowl and give our final Super Bowl six pack. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Also check out the favorites podcast. Sean and I will be on to talk more props and also be sure to check out the favorites podcast. Uh, Sean and I will be on that to talk more props as well. Till next time, let's get this money.